You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. We should come to Jesus and by our free will give him everything we have, everything we are. We give him our lives and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give him our gifts and our abilities to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give him our possessions to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give our praise to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give our time to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. This is yours, Christ. I offer it to you freely. Freely, I offer my life to you. My life is yours. It doesn't belong to me anymore. You bought me with a price. When you're at the end of yourself and Jesus rescues you and restores you, the only right response is to surrender. Today, Pastor Dave will encourage you to give him your life willingly. Like David, choose to remember God and his promises. Recognize where your help truly came from and praise him. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30 as he continues his message, A Mission from God. You are Here we see a different David. David doesn't wreak vengeance on this guy. David shows compassion. If you haven't gathered it yet, David is a type of Christ. If you haven't gathered that yet, if you haven't garnered that from our studies, David becomes a type in the Old Testament of Jesus Christ. He shows compassion on this guy. It would be easy and very logical to ignore this guy. It would be real easy to ride right by him, spit on him, and get to where we're going to kill these guys. Because that's our quest, right? But David stops. David stops and, and, and helps this guy. He gives him some water to drink. He gives him food to eat. And you see the Lord doing this. The Lord is ministering to this man. It's a direct result of David now abiding in Christ. And this is what we do. James says if you walk in front of somebody and somebody's there on the ground who is in need and you have a way to help them and you cross over them and go, I'll pray for your brother, you're in sin. You're supposed to help the guy. And David's helping this guy. David's helping him. It's an act of kindness. It wasn't hostility. Everybody seeks a little comfort. Everybody seeks a little help. When we realize just how much we've been forgiven, when we really realize how much God has forgiven us, giving to others and reaching out to others is very simple. It becomes a way of life. It becomes how our life we live. Whether you take people in, whether you feed people, whether you help people out, whether, whatever you do, we do on us under the Lord. Because God has forgiven us so much. We have so much to be thankful for. So much. David's unexpected kindness to the Egyptian was an unexpected blessing. The Egyptian led David and his men to where the Amalekites were. When we bless others, we usually get blessed. The first time I learned this theory, this, this trueness, is I had a friend of mine way back in the day when I first became a Christian, a friend of mine in the fellowship that I was attending in Ocean City had brittle diabetes. He was a young man, brittle diabetes. And he ended up in, um, I think it was Shore Memorial, ended up in Shore Memorial. And because of his brittle diabetes, his fingers would turn black and they'd take one. 
Then another one would turn black and they'd take that. Then a hand would turn black and they'd take that. Then an arm would, I mean, I'm seriously, they were whittling this guy away and I couldn't go to see him. My heart was broken for him. Finally, I got all up. I read scriptures, man. I was going to go in there and I was going to, I was going to give this guy so much encouragement. I was going to go in there and I was going to really lift this guy up. So we get to the hospital and I sit there. I cried like a baby because this guy was building me up. This guy was blessing me beyond belief. He was Christ lying in that bed as they willed him away. He was Christ lying in that bed. We had such a great time. I left there like, Lord, what a fool I am. What a fool I am to think that I can have anything to give to that guy. And he blessed me so much it was incredible. To the point where I went back and saw him several times. And I got a phone call one day. And they said, Dave, Ricky's passing. And he's asked for you. And I got to be there at the time he went to be with the Lord. Oh, it was a, such a blessing. And here I thought I was going to bless him. Here I was ready to, to bless him abundantly. And all he did was bless me. When we help others, we become blessed. Now, we don't help to be blessed. That's not the reason we help. We help because we're forgiven. We're helped because we're forgiven much. But it just seems like it, it, we're the ones that get blessed. And we go, what is going on here? We get blessed. So in verses 16 through 20, we see the big fight. And when he had brought him down there, there they were, spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines, from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small nor great, sons or daughters, spoil, or anything which they had taken from them, David recovered covered it all. Then David took all the flocks and the herds they had driven for those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. David and his men attacked the Amalekites as they're partying and hung over. What a great strategy. What a great strategy. He, he attacks them. He attacked them in their false confidence. They were celebrating their victory. Oh, they don't know God, do they? That's when God loves to strike the best of the enemy, when the enemy's celebrating their victory. When Jesus was on the cross, I'm sure Satan was doing flip-flops. He thought, I got this. We won, man. This is cool. Little did he know. Little did he know. God's most victorious when the enemy is celebrating. God's most victorious. But 400 escaped. But David rescues the women and children. He rescues his own wives. It was a total victory. A very profitable one as well. God's promise was true because back in 1 Samuel 30, verse 8, we look back there in verse 30, verse 8, God, when, when David asked God, shall I go after these guys? Shall I pursue them? God's answer was, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Once again, God's promise is true. Once again, God's promise, it's right there, right in front of us, folks. God gave David even more than he had promised. God gave him more than he had promised. He got all these spoils that he took back with him. My Goosek quote for tonight is, quote, We should come to Jesus and by our free will give him everything we have, everything we are. We give him our lives and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give him our gifts and our abilities to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give him our possessions to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give our praise to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. We give our time to him and say, this is Jesus' spoil. 
This is yours, Christ. I offer it to you freely. Freely, I offer my life to you. My life is yours. It doesn't belong to me anymore. You bought me with a price. You bought me with your precious blood. I belong to you. You are my master, and I willingly serve you. I am your bondservant. I willingly serve you. I willingly follow you. Because of all you've done for me, I willingly give everything back to you. Because what do I have that you haven't given me in the first place? What do we have that doesn't belong to Christ? We have everything, everything God has given us. This is David's spoil. Now, David was not claiming this for himself in a selfish way. He was only stating that he would start the distribution. He would start the distribution that every man would get their fair share. And as we go on, 21 to 25, now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at the brook Bezor. So when they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him, and when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. But David said, My brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us and delivered into our hand this troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part who stays by the supplies, they shall share alike. So it was from that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance from Israel to that day. I love David in this. He's putting, he's putting honor and he's putting onus on the men who stayed behind. I liken this to us who pray for the missionaries overseas. I liken this to when we gather and we pray for those who are missionaries, they're on the front lines serving. We're back here praying. But we are both partakers of the gospel. We're both ministers of the gospel of Christ. And we get the same inheritance all get the same inheritance. Nobody is cut short. And I'm thinking of the uh, parable in Matthew, the parable in Matthew, where um, in Matthew 20, verse 1 to 18, where the guy goes out and they hire the guys and say, I'm going to give you two denarii, or one denarii, I forget what it is. And then they go back out in a couple hours later and they hire the more guys, remember? And finally, at the end of the day, they hire one couple guys who go out and they only work an hour. And pay time comes, and they come and they start giving out. Well, we promised you two denarii. And they go down. And the guys who only worked an hour, they give them two, two denarii. And the guys up front go, yo, this isn't fair. We worked all day. And, the, and, and, and basically the master said, wait a minute. Didn't I promise you two denarii? Yes. Didn't I give you two denarii? Yes. Well, then what's the problem here? The theory is, even those who are going to come in this far before the rapture, even those that will come the day of the rapture, even the ones who will accept Jesus Christ the moment before the trumpet blows will be saved. They will have the inheritance that God has given them. They will have it all. Jesus will hold nothing back. Nothing back. And those of us who have been saved for a long time, some of you have been saved much longer than I. I'm going on 27 years. Some of you have been saved much longer than I, praise God. But that doesn't mean your rewards are any better than mine. We're all getting the same. We all have an inheritance in Jesus Christ. God has given it out willfully, wonderfully, wonderfully. And I think it's great. See, we, we get this attitude, well, I've been saved longer than you have. I should have a better place in heaven. Okay. 
I told you my theory. Little lady scrubbing floors. Little lady scrubbing floors all day long, and all she does is pray. All she does is pray and scrub those floors unto the Lord. Lord, I'm doing this job because you gave it to me, and I'm praising you, scrubbing these floors, and I love you because I'm scrubbing these floors, and I'm doing this for you, and I'm praying for all these saints. In my opinion, she's at the first of the line, man, because the last shall be first, and she's at the first of the line. It's what, that's not who does what, who gets the bigger reward. No, we're all in this together. We're all brothers and sisters. David gives credit to the Lord. He said, everything belongs to the Lord, so we all should share it. You might not be on the front lines. You not, might not be on stage. But that doesn't mean you're of no value. That doesn't mean you have no value in the Lord's kingdom. As the body works, everything has its own value. Stub your toe and find out. Stub your toe. Your whole body hurts. Have a toothache. Your entire body hurts. No one part is greater than the other. We're all ministers of the gospel. All of us. David said, I love, what, I love the fact that these men who wanted to stone David, who went with him, got the spoils, and now they want to keep the spoils for themselves, and the Bible calls them wicked and worthless men. <laughs> the Bible calls them wicked and worthless men. I love that. It's like, wait a minute here. See, the Bible doesn't mess around. I love the fact there. I love the fact. So let's, let's finish out. Let's look at 26 through the rest of the chapter. Now, when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to his friends saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord, to those who are in Bethel, to those who are in Ramoth of the south, to those in Wichitir, those who are in Eror, those who are in Sithboth, those who are in Estonia, no, those other names I can't pronounce, those who are in Rachel, those who are in the cities of the Jeremiahites, those who are in the cities of the Kenites, those who are in Hormah, those who are in that word, those who are in Atash, and those who are in Hebron, and all the places where David himself and his men were accustomed to roam. What's happening here? What's happening here? All these places, if, if you go back and trace David's wanderings, remember this took place in about 10 to 20 years from when he was anointed king to now. All the place that David wandered, all the places that he went, these are all the people that put him up. These are all the people that let them stay on their land, let them stay in their caves, let them stay everywhere. David is paying them back. David is saying, thanks. Thanks for putting me up. Thanks for helping me out. And he's sending a message to the elders that, hey, I'm David. I'm back. I'm back. And God brought me back. And here's a gift to you to show my appreciation for helping me out. This is a smart move. David can run for president. This is a smart move, man. Did he give out little buttons that said David for king? I don't know. This is, this is a pretty cool thing. David's given all these gifts out. You know, it's like the Lord giving these gifts that we have. You know, you've heard me say this before. I, get, I, get, I just get crazy with all the gifts that God has given us. I go through Ephesians 1 through 3, and I glean all the things that God has done, and I always come up with the same collusion. You've heard me. All this and salvation too? I can't stand it. It's incredible. It's incredible that God would do that for me, a sinner, a wretched sinner that God loved me so much that he would die on a cross and then give me so much. 
In this little finite mind, it doesn't compute. But by faith, I accept. By faith, I say thank you. By faith, my heart is overwhelmed because of his love and his mercy. David was more than thanking them. He was also paving a way that when he returned as king, David knew the time was short. Something was telling him the time is short. I'm going to be king soon. The training is over. And as we review the Lord accomplishing Davis in his darkest hour of his life, we can better understand how the Lord helps us. First, the Lord encourages David. In your darkest time, the Lord will encourage you. Go back and read Acts when Paul came from Athens. He was just a wreck. When Paul came to Athens and went to Corinth, he was a wreck. He thought he had failed because he didn't mention Jesus. He mentioned the unknown God. He didn't mention Christ. And when he said something about the resurrection, they got upset. But the Lord encourages them. And in fact, the Lord uses those very words in Acts. And the Lord encouraged Paul. Encouraged him. Don't worry about it. I've got friends here. You're okay. The Lord encourages us. When you're in despair, calling out to the Lord, reaching out to the Lord, he will be there. He will help you. He is an ever-present help in our time of trouble. That's what Scripture says. When crises come our way, and they will come, we need to have the courage to face these crises. We cannot face these crises without the Lord. If you try to face the crisis alone, you will be eaten up and spit out. You will be chewed apart. You will be defeated. But we are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are more than overcomers in him who overcame. It's not on my own merit. It's not on my own power. It's not on my own. It's on Christ and Christ alone. On the solid rock I stand, Jesus Christ, all the ground is sinking sand. I stand on him alone. Christ is my strength. I can't blame anybody else for my mistakes. I've got to own my mistakes. And I make many of them, trust me. I've got to own my mistakes. I, yeah, I blew it. I, I messed up. I've got to own it. We can't pretend things aren't wrong when things are. We need to be real. And we need to be real with the Lord. We need to, yeah, he does. He knows anyhow, like we're, like we're fooling him. We should seek him with our whole heart. And he will give us wisdom on what to do and how to do it. He will tell you when your enemy's going to be defeated. He will say, pursue. And he expects you to go, just like David. He will say, pursue, and you go. The Lord is our strength. When the enemy comes around, we know we are only strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm not strong on my own. I can't do it on my own. We are strong in the Lord. This is the end of David's wilderness wanderings. He is now strengthened by the Lord. He's been encouraged by the Lord. He has been sustained to the Lord through it all. And the Lord has provided him and for his army in a mighty, mighty way. He has come full circle. He has come full circle and now God is ready to make him king. He is at the point where he will be king of Israel in a very, very short time. The Lord prepared him. The Lord taught him. The Lord called him, sustained him through it all, and provided for him. He's given the Holy Spirit to empower him. The Lord had promised him he would be with him always, and the Lord has kept his promise. School's ended for David, but it's not summer vacation. David has a lot of work to do. David, a man after God's own heart, had been trained up by God himself and been taken through a washing machine full of junk. Horrendous stuff. Horrendous stuff. But he has come out of it exactly the way the Lord wants him to come out of it, stronger, because he trusted in God. 
He trusted in God. We have such a better plan than David because we have the cross of Jesus Christ. We have the cross itself. Never, ever limit the cross of Christ. Never limit its power. Never limit what it can do. Never limit what it has done, what it has accomplished. Never limit it. Oh, my. Lord has restored David. If you picture yourself in any way as a David, in any one of these circumstances, you need to follow David's lead as written here in this book. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. That means spend time with him. That means spend quiet time with him. Be still and know that I'm God. Spend time with him. Allow him to encourage you. Allow him to, to love on you. Read his word. Glean from it. And if you're in a part that you don't understand and you're struggling with it, some Old Testament stuff, go to the New Testament. Go to John. Go to 1 John. Read some of the epistles and get, 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 get your heart soaring. If you're sad, read Philippians, the, the, the uh, epistle of joy. Get that joy back in your heart because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We need to cling to him, lean on him in every single way possible. If you find yourself in a position like reach out to him because he's standing right there. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. Have you left him? Have you walked away from his love? Have you walked away from his grace? Have you ignored his calling? Have you, have you just shrugged it off? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit, ignoring the Holy Spirit? Well, if you are, you are grieving, ignoring, and quenching God. And no wonder you're having a hard time. No wonder struggles are all befalling you. The Holy Spirit was sent to us as the comforter, the helper, the teacher, our guide. The Holy Spirit was sent to us for a reason. And to top that, he gives gifts to empower you for the work of the ministry. He gives gifts to edify the body of Christ. He gives gifts in administration and helps and all sorts of things. He gives all sorts of things to the Holy Spirit. How do you try to live a life without the Holy Spirit? It's impossible. And some of you are struggling because you're trying. You won't remit to Christ. You won't submit to him. He's calling you. As deep cries out the deep, we sang it tonight. He's calling you into that deeper place. He's calling you to come away. There's a song in that. He's calling you to come closer to him, to reach out to him. He's calling you. Do you hear him? Do you hear his voice? He calls his sheep, and the sheep know his voice. He knows you. He knows you, each of you by name, and he's calling you by name. Come to me. Come. Come, you who are weary, who are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Come to me. He's calling you tonight. Some of you need to reach out to him. Reach out to him while he still can be found. Reach out to him. You are We're so glad you joined Pastor Dave Shank today for A Sure Hope. This study in 1 Samuel has been taking you further into God's process of fulfilling promises. 
and it may not look like you'd always want it to. God gave a promise to David when he was young and unequipped to handle the magnitude of what was to come. God still gave him a glimpse to the future though, and we walked with David to help him grow and learn. God's plan included trials along with victories, but he was faithful to David throughout. Right now in our country, we are facing a trial never before experienced. Don't fear, God is as faithful to you now as he was to David. He will bring you through, and you can lean on him for strength and comfort in the waiting. We'd encourage you to read ahead in 1 Samuel and discover for yourself how God works life out and let him encourage you through it. How can we be praying for you during this 1 Samuel study and during this unusual time in history? Please give us a call and let us know at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's word on each edition of A Sure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of 1 Samuel, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Assure Hope.